Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we're back with episode 43, and the New York Rangers have now won three in a row, heading into the trade deadline with big question marks. But the one thing that these this group has really rallied around is each other, and right now they're sitting a few points out of a wild card spot. They're in a position where no one thought uh, they would be at this point, and you know you can really see that this team has come together over the last 10 games or so as the uh, you know trade deadline looms and with so much speculation going on about you know which players will be gone or which players will be you know uh, signed for the for the long term uh, you could really see that this team has um, just pushed aside those rumors and rumblings and and have been playing for each other and and it's been something special to watch I had the opportunity to to go to the game last night so I'm struggling a bit right now and uh Andy did you get it I know you didn't get an opportunity to watch but did you get the chance to see any of the recaps uh this morning yeah I did uh it was my lovely little wife's birthday last night so uh we had a nice uh, surprise party for her out and it was a lot of fun um I there were a few fellow Ranger fans there um so we had the people were updating me with the box score and stuff just give me a little play-by-play of what was going on. Um, and then this morning, uh, despite being very hungover, I got to watch a condensed version of the game and just read up on general musings of Rangers Twitter and beat writers just to kind of fill in maybe contextually some of the, um, the how they played, you know, some of the uh, context. So um, I'm really, I guess surprised maybe isn't the right word, but like you said, it's really impressive how this team has rallied around each other from when I saw that first period was, you know, it wasn't a very good period of hockey, but they've played a lot recently. They've had a lot of games they played last night in a real gutsy effort. So you could imagine they'd be a little sluggish, but they picked it up and their horses came through. Um, and yeah, they're finding ways to win. Uh, even in his post game, Quinn said it last night, is that you're not going to play 82 perfect games, but as long as you can find a way to win and settle in. And it's one thing if your team has been wildly inconsistent and they're finding ways to win, which is good, but you understand it's not sustainable. 
but given the fact they've played so well over this last little stretch that even you have a maybe a, a poor effort last night, but you still get the W, you're kind of allowed to take it. Okay, it wasn't their best effort, but they pulled it out because they get the benefit of the doubt because of how well they've played and how they've tightened things up recently. So, yeah, it's a fun feeling. You could see the gardens a little bit more. There's a different, more of an atmosphere. Every time a guy scores a goal, it feels like there's a, a pile, you know, in front of the net, which is great. Yeah. You can tell they're really amped and they're pushing all, they're all pulling the rope for the same thing. I love seeing Mika really emerge through these last string of games as a, just to solidify the fact that he is an elite number one center in this league and B the fact that he is leadership material coming up with clutch goals, uh, him and Panarin every now and then getting caught uh, between a, you know, just a, between a line change and when the two of them on the ice are together, they make stuff happen, you know? So it's, and that's obviously not to speak to Buchnevich, who's been great and Kreider and Strom, who's been awesome. And Jesper Foss has had a nice string of games now too, you know? So, um, like you said, the trade deadline's looming, but it's a little quiet. So you have to wonder if they feel that with what this team is building for, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, there, Gorton, for whatever reason, could be reticent to to change things up. He's like, I won't. I, we, I'm not going to go out and buy you guys a, a a new piece coming in. But I, at the same time, I he might feel that with with where the team's at and how they've progressed, it might be reticent to just change anything up. So, but we'll see. You know, when you wake up and listen to this on Monday morning. <laughs> this this podcast could be totally different. Kreider could be gone. Uh, so who knows? I guess we'll uh, when you listen to this on Monday morning, we'll see if anything happens before uh, the three p.m. deadline. I think it's yeah. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's in three p.m. I think all the trades have to be in before. I think there's got to be a few hours before the East Coast games start. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, no, it's all right. Um, back to the you know the game last night. I got to go with uh, my friend Patty, who's a listener. Uh, shout out to him. And we you know we were up, Pat? we were basically talking um, you know before this game and 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 that kind of after the Carolina game that you know we might have been screwed here, you know going to this game because this is would have been a classic letdown. Uh, I believe Strom after the game was talking about how you know you know, despite, you know, the win that they had in Carolina, that if they come back home and, and lay an egg and against San Jose, that, you know, it really doesn't mean anything. So it was really important for them to, to grab at least a point. And they grabbed two against the San Jose Sharks, who, you know, have been struggling this year, but, you know, they have some elite talent that can take over the game. I mean, I couldn't even uh, describe how good Brent Burns is with the puck and just how effective and big he is. Um, it, it's amazing that, uh, <clears throat> the guy that, you know, that big can, uh, move like he does and just be an offensive presence. It's, it's, you know, special to watch. So it was cool getting to see him. Uh, and then, you know, watching the Rangers, you kind of felt like, you know, this could, this might not be their night, you know, it was a little sloppy and, uh, that a slow start, but I, I really think they rallied around each other in the second and third and said, you know, we're in this game, let's fucking go. And, you know, again, like you said, Mika scores that second goal to tie it up 2-2. And you just felt like, you know what, we're going to win this game. And, you know, I was very confident. And sure enough, you know, hard work, throw the puck in the net, create your own luck. And 
and you know we get the three two lead and eventually win the game. So, you know, looking at this team going forward, even if they make a move to trade Kreider, I really do think that this team isn't really going to skip that much of a beat. You know, this isn't about having elite talent. This is about the locker room coming together. And I know Kreider is a big piece of this, but I I don't really know if we're going to be that impacted by the loss of Kreider. If, if Kreider went down with an injury tomorrow, I'm very confident that we can go forward and beat any team that we face. I'm you know, not confident that if we got into the playoffs, we'd be able to beat you know, the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, the elite teams of the East. But, you know, I am very confident that day in and day out, we're going to see this sort of effort. And I think the the guys are buying into Quinn. I think they're buying into this uh, system of team defense in the, the defensive zone. I, I mean, I used to rag on this team all in the beginning of the season all the time about how they never defend from the inside out. They constantly leave guys open. They kind of eliminated that. I mean, listen, we all have hiccups, and there's all always going to be bad plays. But overall, I mean, Andy, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but the last ten games, this team has played stellar team defense. Yeah, just the awareness has been really good, and even in games where they're conceding a lot of shots, they're shots from the outside because the Rangers do allow teams to run around the perimeter. But when you have a guy like Igor, instead of pulling yourself out of position, as long as you can make sure he can see it, you have a really good chance to get possession back, especially because he can really swallow pucks and not give up bad rebounds. So it's really just worked for them. I think it's just a general progression of being more sure, trusting their your other players on the ice, um, just knowing where they might be looking to transition out of the zone as soon as a puck lands flat in a, in a soft area near your where you can win a 50 50 battle and, and get, get possession of it. So, and on top of that, if you look at their offense, I, yes, they were probably been scoring goals all year, but I think if you look at the goals early on in the year, some prettier passing plays. And now I've looked at this last segment of games. How many of these goals have been literally three forwards descending on the slot one to the one side of the net, the other to the other side, then a guy crashing right down the middle and one of them getting a stick on it. It's been a lot of like slam backdoor tap-ins and just because a lot of guys go into the net right now. And that's, I don't care what team you're playing. That's it's pretty evergreen. It'd be one thing if they were high shooting percentage off of, uh, you know, slam dunks, but, or just, you know, shots from the top of the circle, but they're really getting close within, within the dots to the net. And that's where you want to be trying to score your goals. You know what I mean? you uh, the likelihood of scoring goes up and Panarin that first, that pass to Foss, the patience was just, Oh my God. You know, just you, he's unbelievable. It's just, I know we've said it so many times this year, but just the wherewithal and the, the hockey sense just to fake the shot when you're all alone look like you're gonna try to put it short side upstairs on him and then immediately push it on your backhand between the guy who's descending on you to Foss who now is a wide open yawning cage is amazing you know it's just and for that to happen in real time it's yeah they have something their top six is going right now and I think having Gautier and uh, Lemieux back has really kind of helped stabilize those bottom two lines. So maybe they're not producing the way the top two lines are, but when they're on the ice, you're still keeping the puck. And Kako and Di Giuseppe, 
and Heedle continue to generate chances and possession. And yeah, they don't have maybe they're young, so they don't have the finish yet, but they can possess the puck. They can hold on to. They can push offense. So yeah, to your to echo your sentiments, James. Uh, just the, all around, their awareness has been so much better, and yeah, you know, I'm really proud of them. Yeah, and and you said it. You know, you hit the nail right on the head talking about their bottom two lines. You know, they don't lose any momentum throwing those guys out there, and and, and that's a huge part of uh, being successful. And what successful teams do is that. You know, even if their top lines dictate the play, you know, and having that third and fourth line kind of contribute and, you know, uh, be physical and, and kind of be that, you know, spark plug and that jolt that keeps, you know, that keeps the game, uh, you know, tilted in your direction. Uh, it's huge uh, having Lemieux back. You can see it's night and day, you know, from when he was out uh, to now and how he brings just a physical element to that line. And, and you know, he... Even last night, you saw him a couple a couple times just carrying the puck with speed and and just throw it on net, and that's exactly what you need from a guy like him. I know it's not always pretty, but at the same time, you know you never know what happens when you throw things on net, and and you know I just love his play. I think it fits perfect with our system right now, and and I'm glad you know we got him. I think that was a very nice piece to be uh, you know added in with that first round pick that we got from uh, the Jets for the the Hayes trade. Um, going forward, uh, again, Ryan Strom, like the past few games, I just feel like he's been, you know, just doing Ryan Strom things. And, you know, what do you think of this player? Do you think he is a product of, of Panarin? I mean, obviously everyone game is going to be elevated playing with a player like that, but I really do think this kid is, is kind of special, like in terms of, you know, just his. A way he approaches it within his mindset and he just you know find always knows how to find people uh and he knows where to be in the right spot so what's your take on strom and and what do you think of him the last few games as as he's kind of like matured as a, a leader on this team well yeah if you remember quinn did bench him maybe 10 games ago or something like that because his play, and he said his play has not been where we need to be. And obviously, when him and Panarin were apart, the other who they, I think they put Heedle with him in the interim, and it just wasn't, didn't work. Uh, those guys, it was short sample size. They didn't really have time to get acclimated to one each other. But it's just clear that offensively, Strom thinks the game like Panarin does. However, his defensive game on that side of the puck wasn't as stout. Um, and maybe his awareness and what he was trying to push offense a little too much. But since then, I think he's been much better defensively. Uh, I've seen him come back a lot more. Uh, I've seen him know when to Strom. The good thing about him is that he knows when to try to stretch the ice to help pull coverage for, to make the breakout easier for the defense. You know what I mean? Even if it's one of those things where if I go this high, they probably won't get it to me, but it does force uh, that slant on at the at the blue line a little bit to open up the ice a bit, just so you can pull some pockets to make that first breakout pass. And at the same time, I've seen him come swing low for more uh, op- outlet out options and coverage more. So I'm really happy with that. You know, it's obviously will never defense will never be his his forte, but he has been much. I think the whole team's been better. He seems to really get the message. It's very clear he's the leader in there. Um, you know, tri- with the mother's trip, his mom coming in and le- reading the lineup cards. He's really struggled to between Edmonton and the Islanders. It's 
I think he's happy. He's finally found a place. He feels that he can be a contributing player. I mean, playing with Panarin will help you feel that way. Same thing for Jesper Foss, but yeah, he's, uh, you know, depending on what the Rangers do with Kreider, I don't see how one of him, unless they figure out a really creative way to shed salary elsewhere. It's kind of hard to see how he survives on this team into next season, but uh, yeah, right now, He's clear. It's clear that his spot in the lineup is that the second center with Panarin, and they've had a bit of magic together. And, and credit, kudos to Faust as well for being the the tenacious one on that line in terms of trying to separate man from puck and jam at the net. You know, he got rewarded uh, twice last night. So, yeah, just doing that. That line they're doing. All three of them are doing everything you want. Um, and even Panarin, you know, a great. On his the Mika goal, what a great uh, stick position on Evander Kane, who got benched for the the third because of yeah. that that terrible turnover behind his own net. You can't turn the puck over like that behind your own net. But no, fortunately Panarin gets a nice swing and right to Mika, who's slams it in. So yeah, so uh, to your point, James, he's really he's really solidified himself here. So. Uh, but again, we with the trade deadline is kind of that looming specter. We don't know how it because it, there's a lot of contingency plans based on what ends up happening. So we'll see. Yeah, I, listen, if you gave me the choice, though, to keep Chris Kreider and Ryan Strom, I'm picking Ryan Strom. I know that's probably not a very popular opinion, but I think there is a lot to say about a kid who thinks the way he does and approaches the game the right way and, and you know, is so uh, strong in terms of uh, his mental approach and being in the right spots and, and being able to, you know, do that with a player like Panarin. I think they help each other elevate, you know, the game. I mean, you saw when, even when Panarin was with Heedle, you know, you were exactly right. There wasn't that, you know, that, that chemistry that, you know, you just felt like, I don't know. I just feel like Panarin probably finds comfort in playing with a guy like Strom, knowing that, you know, Strom will be in the right spots at the right time. And because he, you know, he's, he's smart and can read the play. Whereas, you know, Heedle, who is a bit younger and he hasn't, you know, really fully developed. And, and this is, you know, I know he started in the AHL, but this is really his first full-time gig, um, you know, playing, you know, playing center on a, on a team that is now in a groove and like inconsistently putting out the same lineup, you know, because even like last year, you just kind of felt like, it was the end that like, you know what I mean? Like this is the first yeah. year of the New York, this new New York Rangers team. And, and, you know, all these faces are kind of just you know, younger and they're coming up. And this is, you know, the first time that they're playing at the NHL level with a team that's like, you know, being consistently put out there, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, I think that's a huge reason of why you're seeing them be so successful. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, they, they play for each other and that's definitely special and very nice to see, uh, you know, a lot of these younger guys and, and, you know, even the older guys who are not even that old, you know, they, they've really developed into some good leaders and I'm very, very happy, <clears throat> excuse me, very happy with this team right now. Um, yeah. And you know, it's funny if they, even whether they make the playoffs or they don't, they're the youngest team in the national hockey league. So a, if they make the playoffs, that is a, an incredible achievement. And I'd be very interested to see where every each season where the youngest team in the league uh on average finishes in the in the in the standings you know what i mean yeah just to have we forget 
how young Fox that this is Fox's first pro season. You know, we forget that Stro- veteran Strom is only 26 years old. We forget same, you know, same thing with Mika, 25, 26. We forget that, you know, Fox partner Lindegren is also only what, 22? You know, I mean, they're, these are young guys. Kako can't have a drink or Heedle can't drink yet. I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's really, it feels like to your point, it feels like this young, this young, the young guys have finally put their hand on the wheel as well. And last night, Igor makes that 10 bell save on the breakaway on Kane sh- shorthanded. And he does the, the, the classic Hank glove windmill as he's going right. side to side, you know, and they play right the, you know, the boom unreal. and they play the boom, boom. And every, and the whole gardens chanting Igor, boom, boom, Igor, you know, and it was funny because we're so used to hearing them say Henrik, but you hear Igor and it just, for a second, it was like, I was listening to that. It felt weird, but it also felt like right, like and very earned. You know what I mean? It felt it felt appropriate. I was like, yeah, this is this is who this team where this team is now. Yeah. Um, well, to go back to uh, Igor, I mean, I thought he played unbelievable. I mean, the guy is always square to the puck. He's always in the right spot. And, you know, there's just never a, a scramble to his game. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just you feel like he's always back in the position right away. And, yeah. you know, you just, I don't know. It's, it's really nice to have a goalie like that. And I know Hank was that for a long time, but it's, it's comforting to see it happening again. Well, you know? yeah, it really calms the team down. I, I will say that first goal, eh, you know, I think he would have liked to have had that one back. It's, and you see why it happens in the moment. It's a really nice placement of a shot. Um, but Maybe like to have it back. Obviously, no chance on Thornton's second goal, the deflection. You know, you're not yeah. stopping that. So, but to, you know, like you said, save on the breakaway. Uh, he had a few breakaway saves and he just calms them down. And it's not a so much of a fire drill anymore because either he it's he, he either smothers the puck and sticks to him and plays over, chance to regroup and, re- and like calibrate. It doesn't become it doesn't give the, t- the the other team a chance to generate momentum in the zone and really hem them in too long and feel good about their game and start pressing, put it, you know, and put the Rangers on their heels just because he's his either his ability to play the puck or to place the puck with, with his, uh, to really control his rebounds and, or some other pucks is, uh, is phenomenal. So, and you know, he's playing a lot of games right now getting a lot of starts. I was kind of surprised he played both games of back to back, but they're, these are important games. And, and until he, it seems that until he proves otherwise that he's, they're going to keep riding him. And you know what, if he's, he, I think he's up for the challenge. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's considering you listen to some of the doom and gloom. We were earlier in the year. It's very funny that they've emerged. They, it, all the things we were all kind of hoping and wishing for them seems to have, at least fallen into place a bit. So, you know, it's just uh, funny how that works out, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, going forward, we play, we have a couple days off here. I was actually, I wanted to talk about this too. Coming up, we have the Islanders, which is obviously a team that is in a wild card spot. This is pretty much is a, this will be a defining game of the season. Uh, it's obviously the biggest game of the year for them. You know, this is a four point swing here. And who do you think gets the nod to go in the net? I mean, it's I got to be Igor. 
It's got to be. You have two days. You have two days off. They're they're off today. They practice tomorrow morning. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, they're pra- they practice this morning, and then Tuesday night they're and it's not they're not traveling far. They're going to the Coliseum. So it yeah, shouldn't. That, it's gonna got it's got to be it's got to be Igor. Do you, you agree with you know? Yeah, I mean, okay. listen, it's uh, you know, obviously <clears throat> we're not in the locker room and we're not privy to any. You know, he could you know. I don't know if he could be sore or just like any bumps or bruises and maybe he does need, you know, a game off. But, you know, wasn't George hot against the New York Islanders? I mean, he's out of the three times they played this year, they have two wins with him and net and one loss, right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're going to try to throw George a bone here and, and put him against the Islanders. Uh, you know, I don't know if, he, you know, they want to throw... Uh, yeah. Throw that on Igor's plate, you know. You know, it, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I think. I think it's because then there's a back to back on Thursday, Friday. Well, who who's the back back to back against? Canadians and Flyers, both like must win games. Well, I'll say this: uh, I assume Igor plays against the Islanders because, like you said, it's a team that's in front of them and yeah. it's a four point game. And then I assume one of Georg- I assume Georgiev gets the start against the Canadians, and then you put Igor back in for the Flyers game. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's how I would do it. Um, yeah, that's probably how I would do it as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to see, and and, and obviously, with this is a, uh, a statement that I've made earlier on the podcast that I didn't think that we would ever see the optical of no Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, what were your feelings with? what happened in Carolina and, you know, Vince kind of broke it down basically saying it was actually even Henrik's idea. Do you buy that? Or do you think there's a little bit more to this? Or do you think that, you know, this was them, you know, an away game, uh, you know, the first of a back to back, you can lose that narrative the next day, you know, with a, a game against the, the sharks. What was, what was your thought process about that whole situation? I, I think that's how it went down. I, I mean, I don't think, because it's clear the the organization is trying to, you know, they're not, they're definitely not catering to him. So at this point, it's the obvious to see. So I don't know what they have to then gain by trying to do a little spin on the, on the thing. So I think it's exactly, exactly what happened. I think, I know it's, a, it's very antithetical for the fan base to think, well, why is he still here if he's just well, being, but I think, I honestly don't think he knows what, I think for him at this point, he needs to ride it out or he wants to ride it out to the summer and then then they can the dusk will settle and he can figure out what's happening but i think i don't think he this is a decision he wants to make uh in season uh you know so yeah i I think right now he's just focused on making it to uh yeah making it to the summertime yeah so i think you know the whole deal with Henrik Lundqvist and I I don't know if I buy fully that it was his idea to come out I do think you know there was might maybe a discussion and they said you know um you know we're we might not use you what are your what's your thoughts on that tonight and he just said yeah no it's fine it is what it is see again I and I want an answer here Andy you're gonna have to answer my question because I I I don't know what what to do otherwise because I I'm trying to get in Henrik Lundqvist's mind and what his ultimate goal out of all this is what is Henrik what is Henrik Slunquist once he's done with the Rangers what's his move is he resigning 
or is he moving on? Well, I think that's the thing. Uh, I can't. No, you got it. Uh, no, I want. I need the. Answer. All right. I'm. All right. Well. Well, that's. I. I'm. All right. So to do this, I'm gonna have to really get into Henrik Lundqvist's uh, headspace, right? Yeah. All right. So I'm. I'm shutting my eyes now. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have phenomenal hair. I'm wearing uh, a beautiful tailored three-piece suit. I'm wearing Italian loafers. And you know what? Something's missing, James. I just, I, I can't put my my finger on it, but something I really, I'm trying to get into Clinkwood's headspace and it's not happening. Oh, you know what? I know exactly what I need to get into the proper headspace. I need a beautiful pair of Southern Scholar dress socks. Um, for those of you, to, you who don't know, Southern Scholar is a hockey player-owned menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through their monthly subscription to their shop. Simply put, Southern Scholar makes the best dress socks in the world. Seriously. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are specifically built to stay in place throughout your workday and add a little subtle, sophisticated twist to your everyday attire. And included with each pair is their signature style card, which contains tips, tricks, and styling recommendations to help you best pair your socks and get the most out of your look every time. Southern Scholar brings you a unique yet professional dress sock, which can be worn in the most prestigious of environments, including warming uh, the bench for the New York Rangers. Their socks have the perfect combination of stretch, softness, and breathability, providing a true mid-calf fit that stays in place throughout your entire workday. You can join their monthly sock club and enjoy all of your member benefits, like lower prices, exclusive sales, and access to their member shop. Or you can shop their collection with a, without a subscription. Either way, you'll save money using code THPN. That's THPN, like in the Hockey Podcast Network. So now I'm putting, James, I'm putting on these beautiful uh, Southern Scholar socks that we were sent. And I, I think I can properly answer your question now because I feel like... Uh, I feel like a Swedish millionaire right now. Nice. So uh, if I'm uh, as Henrik Lundqvist, I have played in New York my entire career. And I'm watching this young team that once was my team surge without my DNA and fingerprints as a part of it. I thought that even if I had to take somewhat of a diminished role, I would still be part of this next phase of their, of, of the team, but I'm not. So I feel like I can still play, but I, they clearly, the team doesn't want to play me or they want to make it to the end of my contract so they can, have the two younger guys who are also playing very well uh, as their goaltenders of the futures. So as I, Andrew Henrik Lundqvist wants would what's this summer might finally talk to my family and see about if there's a next step for me somewhere else while I can still play, because even though I want to be part of this organization, this kind of feels like my career ending with a whimper. And that's not what a fiercely competitive Henrik Lundqvist would want to do. So 
I think I make it to the summer where I can sit down with the general manager and figure out what is the most a place that I'm comfortable moving my family, I'm comfortable playing in that has a shot at winning something because I thought I was in this for the long haul, but I don't think it's playing out just to how I thought in my head. So I have to sit down with Jeff in the summer and really figure out if there's something we can do to an organization I can move on to that will make me, uh, that's A, a contender, and B, is a comfortable move for me and my family because I'm not going to uh, Edmonton. Let's just put it that way. My suits are way too nice and mohair does not do well in sub-zero temperatures. So well, yeah, that's my answer as, as Henrik Lundqvist. All right. Well, so with that being said, if he ever, ever decides to play another game with another team after his contract is up and we don't get an opportunity to trade him and use his value, I will never speak his name ever again. And that Mark uh, Rogers, uh, I will not even recognize him as a New York Ranger and I will be done with him and I will remove myself from any conversation that involves Henrik Lundqvist. Mark my words. Uh, uh, all right. Because there is nothing that frustrates me more than this whole situation. And I can get, I can get heated. I'm not going to get into it, but mm-hmm. you know where I stand. I mean, this is, it's just like, what are you doing? You're embarrassing yourself by st- sticking around. It's like, go for a cup. Like no one is going to, and I hate saying this because like, like, do you really think that so highly of yourself that you think it's a bad image if you go and chase a cup somewhere else? It's like, no, if anything, the Rangers should be embarrassed that they could never put it together and, and give you a the Stanley Cup winning team in front of you. Like, no one's blaming you. So get over yourself. Like, get over New York. It'll it's not going anywhere. It's not like, you know, the tides are rising and it's, you know, it's gonna be gone in a few years. You don't need to be here. Go go chase it in, in Colorado. Please. Just well get, you get know, off my fun. roster. It, it's funny because years Many, 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 many moons ago, Ed, Ed Jockerman, who was the Rangers, uh, one of the best Rangers goaltenders of all time, probably until Lundqvist, if you are, you can argue, mm-hmm. Richter maybe because of the, the cup success, but um, was traded to the Detroit Red Wings. And when he comes back to play the Rangers, the fans weren't mad at him. They were They were chanting his name and they were cheering every time he'd make a save in a Detroit uniform. You know, and they gave him a, a crazy ovation. That just shows goes to show that even if you move on, that doesn't mean you are less of a New York Ranger. You know, no, far from it. And like listen. Zuccarello will always get Zooks when he returns to the Garden. You know, um, yeah, it's 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 if you it's unfortunate that this team is seems to be on the rise, but you're not in their plans. But again. If you if uh, if you're still playing good hockey, sit down. And here's the thing: if he sits, I think if he sits down with Jeff tomorrow, even if the Rangers have to add to get rid of him, they will. Yeah, if they have to retain for one year of his. He's only got one year of salary left. They have to retain fifty percent. You know, look at now. Uh, after you know, kudos to Carolina for uh, winning against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were laughable with their with the Marlies Zamboni driver in net last night, which was crazy. But now you look at the teams that have hurt goaltenders or, or, or it's there. And considering how Lundqvist has played against Carolina, I mean, it's not far. It's it might only be one postseason, but and maybe Raleigh isn't the sexiest area for a Swedish uh, underwear model. But I mean, you don't have to move very far. You can hell you can even 
you're rich enough to afford PJs to New York, you know, if you have to do what you got to do. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that are hurting for goaltending or have hurt, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, I don't know what the deal is with Colorado with, uh, uh, was it Grubauer? I don't know. Um, yeah. Colorado yeah, I don't did know. say that they would be adding a goalie come the trade deadline. Well, who knows? So maybe no. if they're Kreider, if, if Kreider is bet, destined for Colorado, maybe Hank's part of that equation too. Maybe, yeah. maybe the Rangers take a, it might hurt the, it might, because Joe Sackick has been pretty stingy, but if you can say we're giving you a goaltender and a power forward, maybe, maybe the rain, it hurts the Rangers value in the return because it, it's a lot, you know, you're, you're paying for the privilege to get rid of Lundqvist at this point, even though he's you know, arguably still a good goaltender just because of his age and the contract. But it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, when they traded away a guy like Phil Kessel, it's like you, you have to, there's times you have to move on and it's unfortunate. I think it's now. So um, it's, it might be Ranger fans would probably be because they're such hypocrites. They probably, they'd move him and they'd be so mad. It's like you only got like this for Kreider and Lundquist. Yeah. But now this, this, this headache went away and it's, you, you have two goaltenders who feel good about where they're at and don't have to worry about the carousel and the, you know, and everyone can just move forward. So that might be a move. But again, if you're listening to this Monday morning, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, something might happen between we the time we shut this podcast off and you're listening to it tomorrow. So we'll see. Well, all right. I mean, that's a, yeah. I mean, obviously the, you know, the trade led deadline being tomorrow and this podcast, you know, getting done the day before and now there's no news right now. It's eerily um, quiet. I will say that it's yeah. You know, I feel like something's brewing, but you know, they Rangers have to make moves. Like they're in cap, they're in a, a nightmare situation with the cap. The Shattenkirk six million comes hits the books uh, next year. We have to move somebody. Like it, we literally have to. Like otherwise, <laughs> we'll be uh, breaking the bylaws of the NHL and the you know, with the the cap space situation. So um, I'm gonna you know I want you to kind of. Go. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna go through some of the players, and I want you to okay. tell me if they're gonna be, uh, you know, with us t- tomorrow. So you're gonna be a little fortune teller. So, you know, maybe sure. people are listening to it after the trade deadline, and they're gonna grade you on this. So, we'll see. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Oh, uh, we'll start off. You know, since uh, the theme of the goalies, we've been talking about the goalies. Uh, King George. Georgiev remains a Ranger past the deadline, but I would not uh, be surprised if in the summertime an offer comes up that's too good for the Rangers to pass up. So, but he, Georgiev is a Ranger come Monday. Okay. Evening. All right. Brady Shea. Brady Shea, I think there is a 45% chance Shea gets moved. I know teams have kicked the tires on him. Uh, and there's a lot of them are looking for defensemen. I wouldn't, I honestly would not be surprised to see either a team like Toronto um, or I'm trying to think who else might need defensemen um, or Toronto or the Florida Panthers. You know, I think something that's been floating around a lot has been stuff like Shea for Vinny Trocek from Florida which I think would behoove the Rangers to make because Trocek, yes, is a good player. He comes back from injury, so obviously I think they're gun shy. But I think if you look at his shooting percentage right now, it's in the toilet and it will go back up. He does shoot the puck a lot. 
Yep. So I think a guy who has uh, 30, who's scored close to 30 goals before and has as can be a 50 plus point player in this league, I think, especially if you put him with in a good spot. I mean, if yeah, I mean, and he's a guy that I, for, I believe can play both center and wing. So, I mean, yeah, he could be if you if you're. Th- if you're third, if either if he if especially Fost doesn't make it, if he you can slot him in on the second line with Panarin and Strom, I think he'd do very well in that line because he's a, he can shoot, but he can also dish. I think he'd play well with those two. So I'm going to say there is a 45 percent chance uh, Brady Shea gets traded um, at, at the deadline. Okay, well you mentioned this kid's name, Jesper Fost. I also think Jesper Fast. I would also say there is probably a forty-five percent chance Jesper Fast gets traded as well. I think he's a guy, especially how he's playing recently. I want to sign him. I said I'd, I'd give. I I'd, I'd I give him, yeah. I'd give him. You know, I think he wouldn't be asking a lot. His production level is is uh, not too impressive, but there is something to say for a guy that uh, you know for the bang for your dollar. The bang for your buck with Jesper Fast, there isn't many deals out there like that. And I think you really get a good player, a good depth player with Jesper yeah. Fast. He does so many I mean, good things, so many different roles. Yeah. You know, I think he is one of those guys that uh, ultimately he might be worth more to your team than he is to another team. Mm-hmm. So you worry. Those are the guys you worry about overpaying because they're such it's always such a Cinderella story. And then that year comes where they just they collapse and you're you're furious at the team for giving him the contract. Yeah. And, you know, he plays a physical style. And obviously I do worry about that with Jesper. But as long as the number value again, and I don't know if we'll ever be privy to what any if there's been contract talks or what those numbers look like. But as long as if the Rangers get a sense they can resign him to something that won't hamper them in the future, then and he wants to stay there, which I honestly I think he's the he strikes me as the type of guy who is just quiet and humble and isn't going to nickel and dime him, you know. So I I would if as long as it's you know I wouldn't mind uh, resigning him because again I think he's one of those guys that based on his leadership and all the other things he brings for that locker room in the history, I think he's worth more to the Rangers than he is to another team. So getting a, 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 you know, a second and a, and a third for Jesper Foss. I don't know if it really, yeah, I don't know if it helps them as much as it helps the team that's kind of paying for him, you know? So, yeah, I mean, he's what, 28 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind signing him for five years. I really wouldn't to 33. Um, and it obviously depends on what he's looking for. But right now he makes 1.85. I mean, I'd give him two and a half. I mean, the role that he plays with this team is, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind giving him, you know, two and a half, four years. I really wouldn't. I think, uh, you know, just his value to this team at that price is you, you don't find many players like that in the NHL. It's tough to find. And, you know, I just think he, you know, I, that, he wears an A, so he's obviously a vocal leader. Even though he kind of seems like he'd be, you know, one of the more quieter players on in the, in the locker room, but I guess he must be pretty vocal. I don't know if you know anything about his personality, but uh, all right. So next player I want to get into, Brendan Lemieux. Uh, Brendan Lemieux remains a Ranger. Um, if you look at him since he's come back, unfortunately, he hasn't been. He only has like uh, two goals and like three assists and whatever. How many games since he's he's come back? So. 
his scoring is down. And again, I think because of the luckily for him, he has those the feistiness and the other intangibles that can contribute in other ways and contain you know, can change momentums for games. But again, I think at this moment in time, you know, he's a team might give you a second for Brendan, but I, based on some of the offensive plays I've seen him make early on, he seems to have gotten a little too. Yeah. It seems that he got away from things he was doing to score when he first came to the Rangers. Um, and he's been come, he's trying to be more of the catalyst guy, which is good. I'm glad he's willing to play the role. And luckily that I think that keeps his, um, his numbers down. But at the same time, I have seen enough to see that he can make good plays and passes and he can fire the puck on net and score. So, um, again, I think he remains a Ranger, you know, unless as a sweetener, maybe I'd say there's a, 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 a slight chance he could get added as a sweetener to a deal, but I think he, I think he's still a Ranger. All right. I'll try to make this more brief. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, listen, I, I like kind of breaking it down. Um, hmm. uh, okay. So next on the list, I'm going to try, I'm obviously going to keep the, uh, the, the golden goose till the end. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, Buch funny is cause apparently his name has also come up with yeah. teams. Um, I say Booch doesn't get well, you spoke about the Golden Goose without without giving too much away. If the Golden Goose gets traded, he <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> he remains a Ranger. If he if he gets re-signed, I think there's a chance Pavel gets moved, but it's not the trade deadline. It happens during the summer. Okay. Uh, you just uh, for everyone who knows the Pavel assigned for next year at three point two five. So we we have him next year also, and then after that he becomes a restricted free agent. So mm-hmm. uh, we obviously will begin the ne- negotiations with him, uh, and not have to worry about the open market. And then, yeah. uh, you know, the the two two guys that I am most curious about is Chris Kreider and Ryan Strom. Uh, we'll kind of do these as a package because sure. I do think. Like you said, a lot depends on the Golden Goose and yeah. Chris Kreider. So, yeah, to basically just to uh, reiterate on that, it's that if Kreider gets re-signed, um, some combination of Strom, Tony, Butch possibly can get moved out because the, obviously the numbers don't really seem to add up unless the Rangers can shed salary in a very Oh, I didn't even say Tony. Ah, huh? I miss Tony. Oh, well, well, yeah, I think that's something that because Tony's going to command um, uh, a King's ransom, you know, he bet on himself and the Rangers didn't have the money to pay him last year, which unfortunately seems to work against them. Um, I will say this. There's I've seen a lot of things floating around Rangers Twitter about how Tony played on the left in, with Sarnia because I would I think the Rangers would try to move a Brady Shea out and flip Tony to that other side as opposed to lose him. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I think the Rangers don't want to trade D'Angelo because you see when he's on the ice, he's how many big goals has he been on the ice for this season? A lot. And his number, he's, I still forget where he is in defenseman scoring, but he's up there. He's in the top, top seven, right? Um, yeah, it's just, I think the Rangers hold on to Tony I think they're going to do everything in their power too. However, I think they're unless a team 
offers him something very intriguing for him because Tony's looking like maybe not a number one defenseman, but in terms of your number one offensive defensive, he looks like that and the numbers he's putting up so, and he's young and he seems to be finally figuring out. So if a team comes out of nowhere and makes a really intriguing package for the Rangers, that really helps them fill out other spots in their, especially in their bottom six or their second line. I mean, you, you might be tempted to take it and it would definitely free up some money to resign a guy like Strom or Buchnevich in the future. But um, unless, yeah, unless a team is coming with a very interesting package, I don't think the Rangers are looking to trade D'Angelo. So I still think he's here come uh, Monday evening. All right. And, and then, oh, so finally, I guess I should talk about, uh, so to reiterate, Strom, if Kreider, if as Kreider is gone, Strom is here, period, I think. Okay. If Kreider gets resigned, there's a chance he gets moved. It's not until the summer. Um, okay. Again, I think, yes, things can change really quickly and windows can open up that you didn't expect, but there's that. And finally, with Chris, I if I had to put a percentage on resigning versus getting traded, I'm going to say I'm... I'm 60, 60% Chris gets re-signed, 40% he doesn't. And I'm if I had to put a bet on the number, I feel like he want, the player wants seven for seven. I feel like the team wants five for probably like six, five. I don't, or six. I don't think they're going to get that. So I think, I think the Rangers will, they're going to either ask him to bring the, there, I think the Rangers aren't so much reticent about the cap, the, the cap number as much as the, ter- the the term length. Yeah. So they'll probably settle on six for six, five. Hell, you know what? I think they might even settle on six for like 6.75 and Ranger fans will be a little mad about it, but ultimately he's back. But then again, you know, it's funny because as we see that Sackick has done some, we see, well, we see uh, Boston makes that move um, the other day which in they use their first to get rid of David Backus and, you know, and obviously to, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, they obviously gain a player, um, but it's like, so they might be out of the running, although they did shed some salary, but, um, and Sackick is trying to do some posturing. Like we really don't, we, we will make moves. We really don't want to like, where it's not our preference to give up our first or whatever he was saying. Um, but I've heard, it seems like there's rumblings about Dallas Stars acquiring Kreider. We've heard that Lou Lemerell is very interested in him, which is kind of strange. But, um, hey, who knows? Maybe a three-team uh, trade gets put together, you know, just to give each team what they want. But I'd be interested if, um, yeah, like Dallas offers like their first and like one of their good prospects like a, like a, a Robertson or something like that could that – could, potentially interest me because I think that kid is great. So especially if they don't, if they're gun shy on meeting the the high price of the, you know, the ready player, the B prospect, you know, especially if you, if they're, if, if a team is willing to up the quality of the prospect, then maybe I just say, just give me that first and just a prospect and then we'll walk away. But, you know, it's a lot to pay for rental. So 60, 40 Kreider resigning. And if he does, I think the number is six at, uh, 6.75. Okay. I uh, hope, God, I hope it is because if it's more than that, I'm not going to be happy and you'll, we'll hear about it on uh, Thursday's podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you said, told me last podcast, don't try not to get mad about things that haven't happened yet. 
Oh, uh, but this I I'm I'm I I'm gonna I'm already kind of seething if if the word the longer this gets uh, strewn out. Yeah, oh, I I hmm. think. Sorry, just to not to. No, I don't know if this no. is breaking news. It's not really breaking news, but uh, NHL tonight uh, pundit. I don't know if he's an inside. Brian Lawton tweets out, I'll be shocked if New York Rangers don't trade Kreider. I wouldn't rule out him signing back with them in the summer, though. Returns are way too high right now for a club where the Rangers are at in retooling to pass up the type of returns. Mm, that's very interesting. So he must know some of the packages that are being thrown at the Rangers right now for. I would believe Chris so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's a situation where the Rangers have to get rid of them. And like I said, I, listen, everyone wants to blame Panarin for uh, for Strom's success. I would, I don't, don't sleep on the idea that you know Kreider's success is you know fed off of um, uh, Zbanejad. So like, I, I think there's you know that type of connection. I think Kreider's stats could be inflated just because of how good Meek has been this entire year and just the past couple you know seasons playing with Chris Kreider. I, I'm not saying Chris Kreider is an awful player. I think he is a, a physical specimen. I think he does a lot of good things, and he's very effective when he plays, you know, within his element. But uh, I be cautious about this guy's point production. It means contract year. Of course, he's putting up a ton of points. Every single player does this. It's 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 a phenomenon that I that you know, will will be involved in all sports for all of time is that the contract year, you know, you're going to get the most out of your player. It just is what it is. Uh, so I, I'm all for trading Chris Kreider. I don't know what, I don't know if it's realistic if he signs back with us. I just, I don't, I think someone's going to way overpay him and he's going to, you know, go get lost uh, somewhere. And I could see him, you know, I don't even know where I would see him going, honestly. But I just don't see it with the New York Rangers. So uh, I'm going to finish up with one last question. Um, given the Rangers' season so far and where they are in the standings, and you know if they, you know if they play a consistent game and float around that last wild card spot, what are the what are the chances that um, Coach Quinn wins the uh, Jack Adams? Hmm. You know it's interesting because um, if. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny because the sad thing is, no matter what happens, I even if they don't make it, I, you personally, if I was a general manager or a media member, whoever votes on these things, would still try to give the the, the Jack Adams to uh, Tortorella just because what he's done with no little to no talent has been absolutely outstanding. That being said, if the youngest team in the National Hockey League in year two of their rebuild, uh makes it to makes it into the playoffs. I mean, I think that's definitely Jack Adams worthy. You know, I mean, you and I, we've really seen them improve their play as a team. Yes. They've ha- they have great goaltending, which is usually the mark of a guy. Why a coach like uh, Patrick Waugh can win the Jack Adams when his goaltender plays out of his mind, he could be fired two seasons later. Yeah, you know they're they're or but you know whatever the who usually the guy who wins the Jack Adams has their goaltender is like should win the Vesna like uh, Trots and Grice last year. You know what I mean? So, but, but I'm just looking at all the other teams in the league right now, and I don't see another team that has and a another coach case. that has a compelling case. I, no, I, I agree. Would, in terms of talent, I would say, you know, I'd say, I'd say honestly, for me, like I said before. 
if Columbus somehow gets in, I don't. You, I think you have to give it to Tortorella just based on the fact that they have literally nothing, but they've just their team play has been excellent. But if the Rangers make it in instead of Carolina, I mean, I think Quinn should be right up there, if not in the front runner for the Jack Adams. You know, and that's trying to take my Homer goggles off for a bit. But like you said, I look at the list of teams and their what their situations are. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone else is really having a Cinderella run. I mean, I can tell on... you teams that are they should be higher in the standings, but are, are lower. Oh yeah, no, exactly. But, it's... I, but I, there's not a single team. Like if you showed me you know, these it's... standings, I'd be there's not a single team where I'm like, oh man, they're overachieving for sure. Like yeah, I, well it's funny because I I look when you look at how the wild was faring for most of the season with Boudreaux, I could have said, well, maybe based on that roster and where they were at, you'd feel like they're a team that definitely, uh, you know, they're still right outside the playoffs. They probably won't make it at this point, just based on them letting him go and the feeling that they're probably going to start ripping up deck chairs, uh, as, as soon as to overnight tonight or, you know, Monday morning. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at everyone. And I don't see anyone to, to your point that's re- made a really compelling case about, you know, I mean, Pittsburgh has Crosby and Malkin. So as, as yes, they've been dilapidated by injuries this year, but they've still had enough. They're still deep enough always with those two that you have a number one C at all times kind of steering the ship, you know? So yeah, I, I will say again, if it's not, if it's not Columbus, I don't see why it can't be the Rangers, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, that, you know, good for Quinn, you know, I honestly uh, was kind of up in the air. I didn't really know what to think of him at the beginning of the season and watching him and what he's done with this team is pretty incredible. And, and obviously now we're standing at the trade deadline and, you know, if a few pieces go and, and, you know, the Rangers end up struggling towards the end of the season, you might, you know, the, David Quinn might be, you know, kind of drawn out of that conversation, but, uh, but as of right now, I think, you know, right, right now that he's got to be a top two favorite to win, to win the Jack Adams, um, going forward, you know, we have a game Tuesday against the Islanders, huge two points up for grabs. Um, what are your thoughts going into that? And then uh, we guess we can wrap it up. Yeah. Like you said, must win. You got to play Igor. Um, the Islanders have had a lot of trouble scoring recently. I mean, they, I think in their last, they only have like six goals in their last four games. And that's four of them came in one game versus Detroit, who stinks and is, you know, mathematically eliminated from the playoffs already before the trade deadline. Is that, that's so, a record, right? So, I think so. Yeah. I think um, it's the quickest so, any team has ever been eliminated. If you're feeling good about yourself, you have to do something about it and not get in your head too much. And really, again, the Rangers have had troubles when teams are very, they try to, they have a hard time breaking really structured teams and they kind of stretch themselves out a little bit too much and they get burned on the counterattack. And we've seen it a few times this year. So they can't be doing that. They have to be confident how they've been playing, still maintain their structure and just let their superior uh, offense win out. You know, if because if they try to get a little too cute or, you know, try to stretch themselves, uh, stretch the ice a little too much to try to break that Islanders, uh, you know, uh, gap group, they're going to they're going to get burned on the counterattack because the Islanders, even if they aren't the most offensively higher powered team, they still have guys who can put the puck in the net. They have Barzell, they have Everly, they have Andrews Lee, you know, they have Brock Nelson. So 
they have some defensemen who can absolutely rip it from the point. So on deflection. So just maintain your structure and just you believe in how you've been playing and don't try to deviate from that. Just uh, pay attention to the details and let your your star players shine in the moments that they have to make something out of nothing, you know? Yep. I agree. I All agree. Right. So. so I guess it seems like our the fates of the New York Rangers could be all you know drastically different when everyone's listening to this based on what happens uh, before the trade deadline at 4 p.m. on Monday. But I'll say that this has been an absolutely uh, hell of a roller coaster of a season so far. And the fact that you you know you're getting that little push for the playoffs tingle is kind of more than we could ask for. You know, it's I think it's all we really asked for. We thought they'd be like kind of close, but the fact that they it seems that the players are palpably rallying together and are pushing for that too. And the fan base is cool feeling. So yeah, I guess uh, all I can say going to the deadline is, and uh, yeah, I mean, our, our <laughs> giving, we're trying to, everyone's trying to give him his strength and hope his resolve um, hangs through is that I hope it's Jeff Gordon season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.